Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. for deliverance from the heart of Jonah and something that came to my my mind and my heart is that we are so accustomed to seeking control it's like in everything we do as as people and I, I go to work and if I do everything within my power to shine and to do great I get rewarded if I do everything I need to do to get a house it works out then yeah you know because I want to be in control, and, and, and when I'm not, I'm scared. And I think a little bit of that heart of Jonah is searching to, to control the outcome. And, and what Pastor Jay just prayed about being obedient has nothing to do with results. <laughs> and, and, and I was just praying that, Lord, take results out of my mind. Let me just obey because I want to be obedient. Let me just obey because I can look at you, God, and know your heart and, and know that you want what's best for me in this city. So I don't have to be worried about results. I have to be worried about loving you and being true to you and being obedient. So God, I, I just pray right now that I can let go of results because I might not know what they look like. And when I want to control it, I might go in the wrong way. So Lord, let me just lay that part down of my heart. I'm so used to trying to be in control that I, maybe sometimes I bring that into my relationship with you God and I say no more and I want to love you for who you are and for who I know you are Lord and I want to trust in you more and more each and every day because I know that what you are doing is good bottom line so I want to trust you so that I can obey you for who you are and not because of results. We praise you. Thank you, God. I believe the Lord would say that I've given you dominion. I've given you authority. I've placed the enemy under your feet. And this is what I'm seeing in the spirit is these feet are doing a thing and the snake is crawling up people's pant legs it's up to us god's given us authority god's given us dominion the enemy is under our feet let's stomp on him let's stomp on him let's not let him crawl up our pant legs let go of whatever last bit of doubt that might remain and when you stomp off that snake that's been attacking you don't bring it back to life stomp it off and take your eyes off of it because God has done it so that last little bit of doubt will keep your eyes looking at the snake like oh that that hurt or, or it, it, it happened I, I'm not doubting it didn't happen but I am reassuring you that God is in control and that God is good and that we have to put our eyes on what God is doing and not on what the snake was trying to do. So once you stomp it off, leave it off and change your focus and put your focus forward on God and what he's doing. Release that doubt in Jesus' name. Let go. Thank you, God. Excuse me if I need to sit down today. Phyllis, my sense of that word was uh, that that was not a general statement, that God was speaking that to us specifically for our calling in this city. Yeah. Um, 
one of the things that uh, God has been teaching us out of necessity uh, <clears throat> as as we've gotten small uh, is is to see things with kingdom eyes and to uh, walk in in kingdom understanding. Because I mean, if you read the Bible, if God wants to do a, a really big thing, then He starts really small, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, you you look at the the biggest thing he ever did, which was himself coming to Earth, and he starts with a a teenage girl out in the middle of nowhere, not known by anybody for anything. puts her in a situation where in the natural, the only thing that anybody conclude was that she was either unfaithful to the one she was betrothed to or, or that they cheated and they started early. <laughs> either of which were, were not good things. Uh, uh, so... When man thinks little of you, don't look on that as a bad thing. Because <laughs> uh, let's be worried about what God thinks, okay? <laughs> yes, Daniel, I want you to share <laughs> right now. <laughs> You want to use that one? Do you want this? No. Bom dia. <laughs> For those of you that don't speak Portuguese, it's good morning. <laughs> so um, I just want to share a little bit about my trip to Brazil. I got a few slides here that best playing in the back. So this is, that's Pacochi, the town we were in. This is just some of the, as we're driving into Fortaleza, this is just kind of out the bus window so you can kind of see what it looks like in Brazil. So there's, they're playing a game called Blitz. So and these are some of the guys after one of the services, they just brought over a couple of instruments and started having praise and worship. Orchid's just growing wild. A bunch of us, this is the day we were leaving. We're all together. We had lunch. This is us in the airport, minus me. Uh, this is our first English class. So, uh, this is a uh, baby shower, and they're preaching the Word of God. This is some of their praise and worship. It's just a little, one of the little kids in the service. This is Claudia giving her testimony on uh, the first Saturday. That's a family that was in one of our English classes. This is the typical road we were driving on and uh, the scenery. Let's head down the mountain back into Fortaleza. This is one of the churches that we kind of worked with. This is a trail they have going down behind the camp where we were at. Some of the vegetation you can see, it's quite a bit like a jungle. So. This is their holding pond where they get a lot of their water from for different things. That's the facility we stayed at. That's uh, New Hope Training Center. There's a sign, everything in Portuguese, so if you can read it, have fun. That's uh, the lady on the right is Nadine, and that is Al. They are the missionaries that we worked with. Some of the flowers. Again, these things just grow wild. This is a look from the top of the mountain out. Catholic Church in one of the towns we were in, Baturite. This is the market in Baturite. And this is us at a Bible study. Let's see some more pictures of that. Uh, 
This is some new construction they're adding rooms on at the New Hope Training Center. So you can see how different their construction is from some of ours. A wonderful job of sorting beans. We spent the whole afternoon sorting. Here we went to the beach park. We're just having a day off. Very beautiful, very enjoyable. Got beat up by the waves, but it was still worth it. So this is our part of our second English class. This is uh, them leading praise and worship. Claudia brought some sheet music down. These guys spent probably an hour or two just trying to figure out how to play her song. Here's Pacochi, back to the beginning, the frog. So um, I know those went by really quick, and I'll be at the back later, and we can talk and all that more. But um, just a couple of stories I want to share. When you go on a missions trip, you always get challenged. And the big challenge for, for me was the missionary himself because they believe along the lines of the Baptists, and it's once saved, always saved. And so I had that struggle in me the whole time I was there. But you go to one of their services, and you listen to him preach, and they were, they were translating all the services while we were there because it was an English immersion. And so they wanted everybody to hear English all the time. And he preached the gospel every time. Everybody that was in the service had a clear presentation of the gospel. And so one of the things that God did with me is it's like, it doesn't matter what he believes, what are the people hearing? And so God can change his doctrine, God can change our doctrine, it doesn't matter as long as they're hearing the word of God. And then the other thing is, um, the first Sunday we were there, we got there Friday night late, probably got up there to the place about 11 o'clock at night. So we were all exhausted after over 24 hours of travel. And uh, so we had Saturday class, and then Sunday, I gave my testimony Sunday night in the service. And uh, I was just sharing about where I'd come from, because you can't tell it now like it used to be, but I used to be super shy. So shy that I wouldn't talk to my grandmother on the telephone. And back in the day when everybody had the landlines and caller ID first came out, like I would look at the phone, see who's calling, and oh, it's one of my friends. I'd run out the back door and tell, hey, mom, tell them I'm outside. And the only reason I'd go outside is so my mom wouldn't have to lie. But I was that shy, I wouldn't even talk on the phone. And so I've gone from that to being able to stand up in front of people and speak. And that's the work that God has done. And uh, one of the guys that was in our first English class it, it kind of blew my mind how God worked because this guy's an English teacher in Brazil. He stands up in front of students every day of the week teaching them English. But yet, he was having to translate. And he was having a really hard time doing that. He can stand up and talk about English and teach English. But to stand up in front of people and do other things, it was killing him. And so just it was the same night that I got up and gave my testimony, just a few minutes before he was getting up to translate the message. And, you know, I didn't think anything of it. Of all the people I thought I was going to impact, he would have been one of the last ones because he's an English teacher. And here he gets up, and he's, like, thanking me and shaking my hand. And it's like, you don't know how much this encouraged me. Because one of the things he wants to do is once his kids are out of the house, he wants to travel around and do missions work, at least in Brazil. And I'm like, you've got to be able to get up in front of people. You've got to be able to talk in front of strangers and all that because you don't know where you're going to be or who you're going to be in front of. And so just me getting up and sharing that encouraged him. And everybody that went on the trip, we, had, we have stories like that. We had a couple that came to our English immersion class that don't even go to church. They're devout Roman Catholics. And the first night of the, after the first day of English, there was a service. They wouldn't go to the service. But they were there, and relationships were built. We built relationships with them. The missionary was able to sit down and talk with them. And so the next night, they're in service. They're still devout Roman Catholics. But guess what? They heard the gospel. All because of English. And so I just want to encourage you. You know, you... You may think that what God is doing in your life may be small, may be insignificant, but somebody needs to hear it at some point in time. And just by you opening your mouth and sharing it, that gives you 
an opportunity to impact somebody else's life. A chance to totally transform and revolutionize their life because they see what God has done in you. So I want to thank you for your support and your prayers, and they still need lots of prayer there. One of the things I found out, um, the charismatic church there, at least from the missionary's view, is not very good because it's not based on the Word of God. It's based on feelings and emotions and experiences. And while all that's fine, if there's no basis of the Word of God, then there's no basis for anything. And so they, that's why they push the gospel so hard, and they don't, they don't work in the gifts and the fruits and all that so much because of that. And so they need some work in Brazil as far as that goes because we know the gospel does so much, but it's the spirit that does a lot too. And so continue to pray for them. They have a great work there, so thank you. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks for giving us opportunity to participate with you. Mm. Let's remember later. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so I found out some uh, really interesting things this week. Uh, How many of you have heard about the total solar eclipse that's coming? Yeah, just about everybody. Uh, so this total solar eclipse is going to cross right through the middle of Wyoming. From about Jackson through Casper, uh, the very center of the, the solar eclipse down through somewhere between Lusk and Torrington, I think. So we will even be able to see it pretty well uh, right here. But I found out something else that was really interesting. Since we just looked at Jonah, there was a solar eclipse that took place where Nineveh was, was the center just before Jonah arrived. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I came across this article by uh, a messianic leader named uh, Mark Biltz, uh, and he, he wrote the first book about the three blood moons. Uh, <clears throat> and I... I think it's probably best if I just read this to you as much as I hate to do that. Uh, <clears throat> um, from a biblical point of view, a solar eclipse is meant as a sign from God. And, and we know that from Genesis chapter 1. As God said, he, he created uh, the celestial beings for, for us to know times and, and seasons as as signs. Uh, God declared this to be so. It is a sign that is beyond man's control, something he can't manipulate. Solar eclipses become biblically and prophetically significant and relevant when man understands their timing according to the biblical calendar and where they happen. Then we look for the patterns. Uh, <clears throat> so it's been about a hundred years since there was a total solar eclipse across the U.S. That gives you some idea. This isn't something that just happens every few years. Uh, and it's interesting how this one just kind of cuts through all of America, from Washington State all, all the way down to South Carolina, just... Um, <clears throat> as the sun is larger than the moon, the sun represents the nations of the world and the moon represents the nation of Israel. As their calendar months are based on the cycle of the moon, while the nations of the world follow the sun for their calendar. 
when there is a total solar eclipse, it is a warning to a specific nation or nations, depending on its path. Um, <clears throat> Biltz, the author of the new book, God's Daytimer, suggests God often uses celestial signs to send direct messages to nations. Biltz said, just look at the biblical pattern. Many know the story of Jonah and Nineveh from the Bible, but not the historical background events as to what had already transpired and why they repented. In 765 BC, a plague broke out in Nineveh, and remember this is Assyria, where even the king was not able to go out to war, as was his custom. This was followed by a civil war and then another plague. An archaeological find of cuneiform tablets was found in the 19th century describing events in Nineveh. A famous eclipse mentioned in the tablets was known as the Bursagel Eclipse, which is verified by NASA as occurring on June 15, 763 B.C. The path of totality was right over Nineveh. God had declared the sun and the moon were for signs, and now the Ninevites saw the wrath of God coming even before Jonah arrived a couple months later. When Jonah arrived, they were ripe for repentance. And we know that's what happened. Um, <clears throat> now fast forward to another solar eclipse. Um, well, I, I'm not going to get into that one about World War One. It's just some interesting history and more... Uh, of the sign of, of what this is speaking. But I want to share a little bit of uh, this other sign in the heavens that is about to happen. The woman clothed with the sun, Revelation chapter 12. Uh, so another very significant sign in the heavens is happening right after this year's total solar eclipse on the first of Elul, beginning the month of repentance. A month later, we find during the days of awe from Rosh Hashanah on Tishri 1 and Yom Kippur on Tishri 10, there will be a confirmation of celestial events as described in the book of Revelation. Revelation 12, 1 and 2 reads, A great sign was seen in the heavens a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and on her on her head a crown of 12 stars she was with child and she cried out in pain laboring giving birth the woman clothed with the sun is the constellation virgo and represents the nation of israel the 12 stars represent the 12 tribes of israel in in virgo interestingly the constellation Leo, the lion, which is above Virgo, is made up of nine stars. The lion represents Judah, specifically. It just so happens this year, during the Days of Awe, three planets will join the constellation Leo, making up 12 stars. And that, So that will be the the 12 stars above <laughs> Virgo. Now, I, I don't want to tell you what that means. I, I mean, if I knew, I'd tell you. I, I don't know what this means. But it's more than interesting. And we know God is saying something. And it's, it's like with the blood moons. At the very least, God is saying, pay attention. <laughs> I'm about to do something. Now, <clears throat> in the same prophetic journal where I saw the article about the total solar eclipse, uh, there was there was another article by a, a prophet from India, uh, Sadhu Sundar, 
uh, who I've seen before, but I, I never really uh, was struck by a message that he had. But this this one struck me. Uh, the Lord uh, spoke to him on December 10th of 2016. He was waiting on the Lord, and the Lord said to him, look out for the number 70 this year. The year 2017 will be the year of 70. Okay, well, so he wondered, okay, <laughs> what does that mean? I pondered much about this vision and was bemused about the significance of the number 70. The Holy Spirit then graciously spoke, saying, it signifies a year of turning around. And he even gave him a picture. It's like when a an airplane uh, leaves the 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 gate, and and they they travel out to the runway, and then they get to the end, and then they turn around, and then they take off. And and that was the explanation the Holy Spirit gave him about the the turnaround. But there's some really some other really interesting things about the number seventy. Uh, what what I felt like the Spirit was saying about the number 70, 70 is the number of fullness. Because uh, <clears throat> now, the according to Psalms, the, the expected lifespan of man is, is 70 years. That's, that's the fullness of, of our days. Now there's one other really interesting Biblical 70. And you recall that when Jesus sent the disciples out into kingdom ministry, he first sent 12, and then later he sent 70. So one of the things that the Lord spoke to uh, this prophet was, uh, maybe I can find this real quickly, uh, maybe not, uh, <clears throat> was that the Lord told him that it's, it's the time for kingdom ministry. It's, it's the time for the gospel of the kingdom to be preached. And, and the thing is, the gospel of the kingdom can't really be preached without demonstration of power. Because that's exactly how Paul described it. That's, that's what he said the, the kingdom ministry was. I, I, don't, I didn't come to you with flashy words and persuasive speech. I came to you with a demonstration of power. And and so that that's been rare since the days of the Book of Acts. Uh, it's been e even more rare since about the year two fifty or three hundred. Because uh, <clears throat> I mean, ev even the power that uh, people that I would say there's there's a kingdom minister like. Robbie Dawkins and Randy Clark and Bill Johnson and and those guys. It's not like the Book of Acts. Okay, I I haven't heard of anybody getting healed by any of these guys' shadow. Okay, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> we're we're lacking something. We're we're missing something. And I've talked about this, and this is what we're asking God for. Uh, and if God is telling this this prophet that it's it's now the time for kingdom ministry to to be released, and 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 what I'm about to tell you, he was not in what what I read. It wasn't in what he said at all. But the sending out of the seventy really grabbed me. Because to me, that speaks prophetically 
of the time that we're in. When Jesus sent out the 12 with power and they went out and they worked miracles and they healed people, and that was prophesying of Acts chapter 2. When Jesus sent out the 70, that was prophesying of us, of, of this generation. And I, I really believe this, that, that there is another Pentecost coming. It, it is going to hit God's people who are seeking it worldwide, and those people are going to go out and minister the kingdom, and then the end can come. Because that's what Jesus said. The gospel of the kingdom has to be preached in the whole world, and then the end will come. Well, with these signs that are happening, uh, the, the total solar eclipse, I, I really don't know what that's saying, but w we need to ask God those key questions that they asked in the book of Acts. What? What does this mean, and, and what must I do? <laughs> that's, that's what we need to know. Uh, because we, we want to be ready. And, and I, I believe, and I've heard Terry Bennett talk about this, that, that there is a spiritual upper room that exists right now. And, and we can enter into that spiritual upper room and cry out to the Lord for this second Pentecost daily. And I think that would be a good idea <laughs> if we did just that. Uh, <clears throat> because I'll tell you what, when, when the second Pentecost comes, I don't want to miss it. I, <laughs> I want to be one of those who was in the upper room asking for that second outpouring to come. Because it's not going to be like anything that we have experienced. Uh, it, it is going to be something transforming. And, and that is how transformation of cities and nations is going to happen. It's, if it was going to happen with what we already had, wouldn't it already have happened? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to happen, but it's going to happen with something we, we don't now have. And, and so, I mean, I, I've been praying into that for, for a while, uh, <clears throat> the, the, the new outpouring, the second Pentecost, whatever we want to call it. I've been going into that uh, spiritual upper room for a while, and, and for me to hear that 2017 is the year of the 70, that says something to me. That, yeah, I've had high expectations for 2017, but I, I don't think they've been high enough. Because if God really is going to send out the 70, in 2017, it's coming. And what if it comes in three days? Or two days? Because it just might. It's, it's been my personal belief, uh, and I, I don't really have anything to, to base it on other than my understanding of God and His order and some of his ways, that when a second Pentecost comes, do you think God's going to send it on any other day than Pentecost? I don't. I, <laughs> I mean, I, he's a God of order. I, if, if he's going to have a second Pentecost, it's, it's going to happen on Pentecost. That's what that day is for in his calendar. And that's Tuesday night, by the way. Yeah. 
This Tuesday, yeah. I mean, next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, but that's that's not God's calendar. <laughs> God's calendar is Tuesday night, is Pentecost. So what if life as we have known it ends on on Tuesday? <laughs> Yes, Lord, let it happen. And let us not miss it. So I'm saying it it could happen. I'm not saying it will, but... uh, I mean, one of the gifts the Lord has given me is to put things together. And I hear this over here, and I hear that over there, and something else over here, and... Ooh, boy. Those fit together. And so when I hear what Terry Bennett's been saying about a second Pentecost, and I've already told some of you, well, if this is going to happen, it's probably going to happen on Pentecost. And now if God is saying this is the year of the 70, which in my understanding, the sending out of the 70 was prophetic of this generation, that goes out and brings in the the last day's harvest. <laughs> wow, that that's all I can say. Uh, so uh, anyway, if you want to find these, uh, Neville Johnson uh, is a prophetic guy from Australia. I'm going to have to ask Mark if he knows this guy, because he probably does. Uh, Anyway, he just started publishing a journal uh, like a year and a half ago. And all all of this stuff is is in the one that came out this month. Uh, I I haven't even looked at any of the rest of it, uh, but I plan to. (laughs) Because if this is this good, what else is in there? And I'll probably be going back and looking at some of the old ones. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, I, I think this is important stuff uh, for us for us to know. And you know, I, I've been praying for years that that we would be like the sons of Issachar, that we would know the times that we're in, and we would know what to do. And I, I continue to pray that. Uh, I, I will share just a, a few things uh, <clears throat> that relate to our identity. Because we're, we're continuing to uh, look at our true identity. And, uh, you know, peel away the wrong ideas that we have about ourselves uh, and find our identity in who God says that we are. And I, I just, the idea of what was in Isaiah where the Lord spoke through Isaiah and and he said this in, in chapter 56, verses 6 and 7, And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast to my covenant, or those, those who are faithful to the Lord, that's, that's what he's saying. These I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. So that's the the thing that's grabbed me for a, a couple weeks, that the idea that uh, we are supposed to be a house of prayer. 
uh, and I mean we've I've spoken this as as our calling uh, for a couple years, and and I, I think we've we've made progress, but but my vision for our Sunday morning worship times is that as we worship that the heart of God is going to touch all of your hearts and you're you're just not going to be able to not pray and and you're going to have to come up to the front and God will have touched your hearts to the degree that you you got to come up here and pray so that God will do something and that there will be a line. <laughs> uh, that's, that's my vision. That's, that's why we're starting worship early. Uh, I mean, that was my idea anyway. I think God's idea is that we get deeper. <laughs> well, if, if we can get this deep, <laughs> maybe this deep... <laughs> We've been digging a lot of holes lately. <laughs> if we can get this deep in a half hour, well, how deep can we get in an hour? <laughs> Deeper. <laughs> so that I think maybe that was God's idea. <laughs> that we worship longer so we can get deeper. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, I'm liking what's happening. <laughs> We're, we're experiencing more of the presence of God. Uh, <clears throat> so, anyway, I there's a, a couple mentions in the New Testament that where Jesus comes to the temple, and and he he clears out those who are there to make a profit, but but then he also says that my house shall be called a house of prayer. And Jesus, in, in Matthew 21 and, and Luke 19, uh, he's, he's not making a statement of what is, okay? Because he's, he's found what is, and, and it's, it's not that because people are in the outer courts of the temple and they're making money and they're probably cheating people, uh, selling them stuff for their sacrifices and cheating them in, in the, the exchanging of currencies because they had to pay their uh, temple taxes in, in the right currency. So <clears throat> Jesus wanted to get rid of that. But when he was saying, my house shall be called a house of prayer, He's prophesying. Okay? If Jesus gives a prophecy, do you think it's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. If he prophesied something on the earth, it's going to happen. And the same thing about his prayer in John 17. I think we can look at that that way. I mean, if if Jesus prays something to the Father, do you think he's going to have it answered? You better believe it. It's It's going to happen. So we better not find ourselves fighting against Jesus' prophecies and Jesus' prayers. So... Anyway, what I felt like the Lord was saying, uh, <clears throat> we we are to be that house of prayer. And uh, let, let me just read First Peter chapter two, uh, four through ten, for you, because this is about our priesthood and our becoming a spiritual house. As you come to him, that's Jesus, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, 
you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices. What are spiritual sacrifices? Yeah, prayer, worship, praise, thanksgiving. Those are the spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So we are being built together as a spiritual house to be the house of prayer. And and the thing is, I mean, I, I should go back to uh, a verse in Hebrews 7, uh, actually a couple of verses. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. In other words, one would die, there had to be another one. But he holds his priesthood permanently, that is Jesus, because he continues forever. So Jesus' priesthood is eternal because it's in the order of Melchizedek. It's not a Levitical priesthood or an Aaronic priesthood. It's eternal. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost, which is to save completely, which is to save unto fullness, those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them or for us. So if Jesus' priesthood is eternal and he always lives to intercede for us, the priesthood that we're called into will that not also be eternal? Because we are called to be priests like Jesus. So therefore, will not prayer and offering spiritual sacrifices, praise, worship, thanksgiving, be part of our eternal destiny? Yes, is, is the answer. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> yes. Uh, so, will we not want to progress as far into our calling to be a house of prayer and to be priests in the order of Jesus in this life. Yes. <laughs> because we we take with us the the only possessions that we get to take with us into the next life are our spiritual possessions. And yes, there, there are 
spiritual possessions that, that we can lay hold of. And, and yes, they will go with us in, into the next life. So I, I just I, I want to call us deeper. Thank you for that word, Barbara. Uh, into being and becoming a house of prayer together. Uh, because it, it's, it's really one of the few things that, that we can do that, that has eternal consequence. And, and as, as Jesus is always living to intercede for us, there, oh, there's, okay. I got to point out this, this one thing about the house of prayer for all nations that is in Isaiah and that I mentioned from Matthew and, and Luke. See, there's two aspects to, to the house of prayer for all nations. And it may be that only one of them is obvious to you right now. So hopefully... This will expand our, our understanding a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> that when, when Isaiah prophesied and was speaking the heart of God that his, his house was to be a house of prayer for all nations or all the peoples, when we look at that prophecy in, in its context, he, he was speaking about how there would be a lot of people other than Israel coming in to to his his house uh, and you know we're that's us we're we're a big part of that but uh, Isaiah prophesied in in Isaiah chapter 2 how how that what that was going to look like and at at one point, all these people from all the nations are going to be streaming into the temple to worship God and, and to receive instruction from him. And, you know, that, that definitely has a millennial context to it. But it, it also has a meaning... For, for us even now for for us as as Gentiles and you know we have people from uh, heritage of, of all over the earth even in this small room right now <laughs> uh, that that as as we come to the the spiritual temple and worship God and and seek instruction from him and encounter with him we're we're actually fulfilling part of that right now but the the other part of being a house of prayer for all nations is the other side of our present calling and and that is for us to be praying for the salvation of the nations and and for the great harvest to come in uh, and that is being a house of prayer for all nations okay and and also just coming to God worshiping him giving him thanks and praise and offering spiritual sacrifices that's being that's that's fulfilling part of what Jesus said about being a house of prayer for all nations. So do you see both of those sides? Okay, because we're called to both right now. Because we're, we're still in this time where people can come into the kingdom. Once, once that time ends then it's only going to be one aspect of being a house of prayer for all nations. Because then the harvest will have come in 
and all the nations will be coming in, <laughs> even possibly to a, a quite literal temple in literal Jerusalem uh, during the millennium. Uh, but we've got to focus on that part that's, that's before us right now, which goes back to what I was saying in, in the beginning. That that we've we've got to be uh, ready, willing, and able to see what is not, but believe that it will be, and and praying it into being. That's that's our role as a house of prayer for all nations right now, primarily. Uh, so that's why I I want to take time to share what I think we see God doing, <laughs> and let's let's pray into this. And I mean, if Pentecost comes again in two days, <laughs> we don't have much time to prepare. But I I really I don't know if it's going to happen in two days. Uh, you know, I don't know how this is going to happen. Uh, I don't know if the Lord's going to pour out a second Pentecost all across the earth at once, which would be really cool, and it would be way faster to do it that way, uh, or if he's going to just pour it out on a few people who are really seeking and entering into this spiritual upper room, and then they have to take it to the rest. Because he, he could do either one. He could do some other option. Uh, I don't know. But we do know this, that the gospel of the kingdom has to be preached in all the nations. That we need God to do something <laughs> to, to give the church the, the power to preach the gospel of the kingdom in all the nations. And and as we see what's going on in in the world, we he's got to do it pretty soon, <laughs> because uh, I, I mean it, it's just obvious. Yeah, Jay. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yes. And and uh, <clears throat> like you're saying, I I think the Lord is is opening our eyes to to the things that are happening. Uh, but many times we we need to go to him and and ask him for understanding like like the revelation 12 1 and 2 uh the sign in the heavens that that he said was going to come and whoa here it is this this fall <laughs> it's 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 coming in september okay well not all the book of revelation is is probably chronological but uh you know figuring out where where that particular sign happens cuz it's a rare sign if if you look into the the heavens and, and the signs it, it's a very rare sign to get the three planets coming into alignment with with Leo above Virgo at I mean, it, it's likely hundreds of years uh, away where, where that will happen again. It'll be interesting to see what the worldly big bears and astrologers have to say about that. Mm-hmm. Relate any of that to the gospel and God. Mm-hmm. Okay, well... That's that's really uh, 
my message for today. We do have some announcements. Uh, our Cover Cheyenne Day is coming up Thursday. Uh, so we have a sign-up sheet in the back, and I, I will email out the, the new prayer guide for June. Wow. <laughs> uh, in the next couple days. Uh, <clears throat> so it would be great if we could cover the 24 hours again. Uh, what else do we have? It's time for the annual baby bottle campaign ah, yes. for Life Choice right. Pregnancy Center. And they're just asking that you take one of the bottles that's back there and between Mother's Day, which already happened, and Father's Day, fill it with your loose change or whatever you would choose to fill it with, mm -hmm. money-wise, and return it either here or Life Choice. Yep. And this seems like a really small thing, but Gloria says this brings in about $20,000 for their ministry every year. Mm -hmm. So it adds up, because lots of churches participate in this that mm -hmm. you know maybe don't help mm -hmm. out Life Choice any other way. And the and, other thing... Oh. Well, and, and some of us went to the Life Choice banquet uh, a few weeks ago, they did get enough money to buy the van. Wow. They were looking for $100,000 yeah. to begin a mobile van so they could take they could do ultrasounds the ultrasound and, and the people <clears throat> to communities in southern Wyoming. And western Nebraska. Yeah. Huge. It's, it's, it's amazing. One, one person gave enough. And the, so that guy really heard the Lord because... He, he said, I, I've never said this before, and this guy does this all, all the time, all over the place, to help raise money for crisis pregnancy centers. He said, I've never said this before, but I feel like there's somebody in here who could actually buy that. And they, and they did. That, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> also, Gloria announced at some point in this last year, the last or the only Planned Parenthood clinic in our state closed mm -hmm. for lack of business. Yeah. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. what we want, people's hearts to change and mm -hmm. there to be resources besides that for mm -hmm. them and there, there's just no business. Right. And then the last <laughs> announcement is back on the counter there's a cardboard trifold colorful display and it has to do with Vacation Bible School. So there's four churches joining together to put on Vacation Bible School. It's First Baptist Church. Three. Us. I thought Sunnyside. Nope. Okay. There's three. Mm -hmm. First Baptist Us and Sun Valley Community Church, and we're doing it at Sun Valley. And it's mainly us and First Baptist that are putting together the people and the resources. So that's a resource mm -hmm. board. If you would like to contribute, you just look at the board and pick whichever thing you want. If you want to buy cotton balls, pick that thing, go buy them, and bring them back here. There's, you know, all kinds of things needed for preschool and grade school, VBS. And that's a simple way. If you already have a stack of paper plates at home, pick the one that says paper plates. Bring them. So you've got two Sundays to bring your items back. If you want to just give me a $50 bill, I'll go do the shopping. <laughs> but it's a it's a way to participate in transforming our community is by hmm. blessing the families in that neighborhood and transforming people's concept of God's church there because that church has been known as the dead church mm -hmm. and we're praying the community starts talking differently mm -hmm. they're hoping to have 200 children come to VBS those of us that are volunteering are a little bit freaked out about that. Yeah. <laughs> and praying. Will you close in prayer? Yes. Father, I thank you for these times that we live in. These are exciting times. Mm -hmm. So I pray again for us that we would be like men of Issachar who understand the times that we live in and know what to do. Mm -hmm. So, Father, cause us to go deeper in you and in your word than we ever have before and seek you constantly for understanding. We don't want to be on the sidelines. We want to be right in the middle of the river of mm -hmm. what you're doing and what you're pouring out. Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, come. Touch our hearts. 
make us ready mm -hmm. that your son, your son, Father, would be glorified in the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Did you have something, Chris? No. That if you look straight at the constellation, it really isn't. But when you look at it straight, it looks like Saturn is right in the belly of the woman. And on that day, Saturn will move out just like it says uh, Israel will move out. Right. And it will literally move out of her belly at that, that day. And that's now. Wow. So that's another part of Saturn. That's this year? Right, right. Wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, be blessed.